Hold on to your rainbows and join me, Lizzie Lesbiana, for a weekly dose of LGBTQ news, talk, and entertainment. I'll be interviewing artists, activists, bosses, entrepreneurs, creators, and other movers and shakers in our community. Remember, if it sounds gay, you know I'm in. (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The People's Lesbian. It's Liz, a.k.a. Lizzie Lesbiana, and I am back with another episode. This week's episode is definitely for the lesbians and for people who love them. I interviewed a community member who's also an author. The author's name is Kree is a Lesbian, and on today's podcast episode, she did a brief interview with me and also did a read-in. But before I go into the interview portion of it, I did want to go over the About Me on Cree's website. So the title of the About Me is, I share stories about black sexuality and intimacy that centralize both mask and femme-identifying lesbians. The paragraph goes on to read, I'm a black female lesbian who seeks out black mask-identifying, mask-centered lesbians as my personal romantic interest. I didn't see the people I desire most represented in mainstream porn or erotica, so I did it myself. I write stories that centralize the lustful or romantic feelings I have for them, and generally celebrate black women, and women is spelled with an X, so it's W-O-M-X-N, as sexual beings. Each short story is its own poetic account of our unique erotic experiences and an act of resistance against a plague of invisibility. I believe my own personal power stems from a deep connection to sexual energy and the ability to give or share pleasure with other people. I share my stories because I want to touch people and meet them in the most passionate, most liberated corners of our one life. Let me tell you something. I was definitely touched, okay, by these stories in more way than one. (laughs) But now, enough of me being me, and we are on to the interview portion of the episode. Okay, so the first question I have for you is, do you try and be more original or do you try to deliver to your readers more of like what they want? Like what is your process when it comes to writing your materials? That's a really good question. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so I I really do try to be original. Um, I've got a very clear like a very clear group of people in mind, like who I'm writing for. Uh, I'm writing for the mask women or mask identifying individuals uh, that I desire. I'm writing for them. And I'm writing for the femme, the femme versions like myself. Um, so, So I try to be, while I do try to, be original, I also am writing with them in mind. Not necessarily like what I think they want to hear or deciding for them, like what is sexy to them or what they should enjoy, but I'm considering them as I create. I imagine them in these scenarios and I I try my best to speak to them 
and myself. Nice, nice. I definitely uh, can support that. You know, I definitely enjoy reading your work. And, you know, as a femme lesbian myself, I definitely uh, love what you're doing here. So keep it up. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> then the next question I have for you is how many hours a day do you like to write or do you typically, typically write? That also is a great question. Um, so these stories, I obsess over like for a period of time. I'm actually on a writing sabbatical at the moment because I haven't released any new stories in a while. And I was like, I, I need to get my shit together. So, <laughs> so I'm, I've just been writing feverishly. I really prefer to immerse myself in the experiences in the world that, that my characters live in. Mm -hmm. um, and to remember the times when I lived these moments. So for me, that takes, that takes focus. I have to kind of detach from the world. So I prefer to write like for eight hours a day. Oh, wow. Whenever, whenever possible. Um, and then go back into the stories and edit from like, you know, just from a more intellectual perspective. But, but as I'm, as I'm imagining them, it's, all spirit and I don't have time to multitask when it comes to passion and spirit it's it's got to be all or nothing <laughs> I know that um before I used to uh, do a lot of writing in undergrad and I always I had this professor tell me like the best part about the writing process or one of the best parts that they liked is when it comes to you, you just throw it out on the paper or you mm -hmm. just throw it out onto the screen. And then later on, you come back and you look at it and you mm -hmm. add those details or you flesh those details out. So I can definitely relate to the part of just saying like, oh my God, this is what I'm thinking or this is what I'm feeling. Let me throw it all out here now and let me come back later. Sure. <laughs> so that's definitely a, a, definitely a relatable process. Um, what is the most difficult part of your process, of your artistic process? Hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> difficult. I, you know, I love this work. Like, I love it so much. It's so visceral. Like, I, I feel it in my body as I'm writing. Like, I love taking trips through my imagination and putting words to those images in my mind so people can join me like in in a very specific way. I I love it. So I don't know that anything about my experience is difficult actually. Mm. Um it's it's only as difficult as life itself is. Like there are interruptions, you know, like I, I don't get the opportunity to fully exist in my passion and joy all the time without, without like the real world calling. Like bills and shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, thank you. Being an adult, all those fun things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truth, truth be told, I've been outsourcing some of those. I'm like, listen, you got it. I need to, I need to do some things. I can relate. I, I just know, like, the more I do, like, I'm so happy. I, I have this mission and, like, goal in my mind to have as many friends on my side who are creative 
and progressive and talented. So I can just outsource it all to them and just pay them to do it because at the rate I'm going, you know, between the full-time job and the podcast and then, you know, life and then the whole dating scene, it's hard. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely try to outsource things as much as possible too. So look at us, look at us multitasking. I know. (laughs) So you're saying that there's not a difficult part. Like you don't, there's not a, a difficult part per se. But is there a part that makes you, like, is there a part that makes you more hesitant or a part that, you know, you might take a little longer in doing or just, or it's just all like more of an ebb and flow for you? Well, I want it. So, so it is. Oh, I hear that hot shit. (laughs) I should probably get up on that model as well, right? Because I'm just like... (laughs) That's perfect. Okay, I'm here for it. Um, The next question I have for you is, as a writer, what would you choose as your mascot or your avatar or, like, your spirit animal? Well, as a writer. Yes. Okay. As a writer, I... I guess the first thing that comes to mind is blackbirds. Mm. Um, they follow me in life, which is, you know, okay. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe they're my real life spirit animal. It's just okay. Or <laughs> yeah. But I, so I, I researched kind of what, what it means when, mm. you know, when black birds follow you, cause they, they cross my path like mm. frequently when I have questions or when I need direction and wow, um, mm-hmm. and the symbolism of, of of like kind of having a black bird as as your real spirit spirit guide or spirit animal is is having uh, having sight like foresight into the metaphysical future um, intuition into that kind of spiritual realm. So if I were to choose uh, an avatar for my writing it would it would be the same as it is in life and and i would stick with that black bird because um in order to write and create and to tap into human spirit the spirit of the human experience and put it into words there's a degree to which i have to kind of transcend my own body's physical experience or my own emotional needs or you know what have you i have to tra- both transcend it and remain deeply connected to it because I need to like, you know, move around. I have to kind of jump into other care into characters' minds as though they're full, complete humans. Mm. I have to, I have to be able to transcend like, like I'm sitting right now in a in a room with a desk, but I have to take my imagination into a bedroom or you know, a shower. So I have to be able to, to, by way of intuition and imagination, fly between realities. So I would definitely say Blackbird. Wow. That, wow. To spend a day in your head. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was just, that alone was beautiful. Like I would just be like, oh, I don't know, like a tiger or some shit. Like I would have no idea like how to even answer. What? Like no, I bet question. I bet you can answer. Uh, who's who's your avatar? What's your avatar? Who's my oh Indulge man? Me. I don't know. I just feel like 
I feel like there, I feel like I'm one person and within me as a person is like two of me, right? Oh, I so saw I resonate. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like there's this um, really silly and really carefree and really like, ha ha ha, like, let's make the best of things. And then there's this other side of me where it's just like, you know what, things aren't as rosy as they seem all the time. And sometimes, you know, you put in all this effort, you don't get out what you put in. And you know what I mean? So I think for me, it would have to be like, what's the opposite, like polar opposites, but they're combined. What is yin that yang? sign? Okay, the great. Yin, yin yang. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the ultimate symbol of duality, like in every in every bit of, in every predominant space of light, there is darkness. In every predominant space of darkness, there's a little bit of light. And the two are constantly working together for ultimate balance. And it's like, I, I feel that way. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I I truly and honestly believe, like, love is the answer to so many things, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are times where I'm like, yo, fuck love. Fuck this, you know? Yes. Like, fuck this job. Then I'm like, you know, JK, I need this job. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, yeah. I'm going to give up on dating. I'm like, no, I'm never going to find a person I want if I give up, right? So yeah. I would I would be the yin-yang sign, right? Because I'm constantly battling, like, within myself of, like, what it could be and what it is and what it might be. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's better than just a tiger. So you're right. Yes, Thanks. Yes. That's that's where the flavor is. The flavor is in like, you know, just the gray areas, the blend and the mix. That's where all the good stuff happens. <laughs> For sure. Look at you interviewing me. I see you. Okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just so used to always like asking the questions and it's, you know what I mean? So when someone asks me, I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't even prepared for this, you know? Yeah. We so, want to know who you are. We want to yeah, know you. Know, we want to see you. That. Mm-hmm. I keep getting that. People are like, oh, we want to hear more about you and learn more about you. I'm like, me? Exactly. Like, Damn, okay. I'm going to give yes. y'all five more minutes to speak. You're you know? sexy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, I'm going to give y'all five more minutes to speak, you know? <laughs> Let me give the people what they want. But I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. It's progress. So um, the last question I have for you before you start your reading or readings or whatever moves your soul in this moment is why do you choose to stay anonymous? I love that question. <laughs> First, uh, I think I feel frequently kind of overwhelmed by all of the like constant flow of images and words that kind of shape my thinking, right? Like they tell me what I'm supposed to think, who I'm supposed to be, and it overwhelms me. So I find myself at this point in my life trying to dismantle what, why I think the way I think, why I determine who I am, and then reimagine that from a place of freedom. So I think by eliminating like some of the visuals in my work, right? Like it's a very specific visual aesthetic, but eliminating some of those, the input, there's a piece of, of my brain that I get to turn off and I get to just be and exist freely without thinking someone's going to think this about me or that about me, you know? I get to detach from people's opinions. And I also provide all of my my readers and participants the opportunity to do the same. So by putting that like that veil between us, it eliminates a little bit of the stimuli just enough for us to have permission to be a little more introspective 
in my opinion, and tap into those really like animalistic, sexy places that we have to go to when we are existing in our erotic energy. So it's like taking a little break, I think. Um, and secrecy and mystery and danger are, are fun and sexy. So that, that's also another reason I want, I want for there to be fun. I want for people to be free. I want people to just not judge whatever comes up for them. And I enjoy being free not to be judged. So I get to be my, you know, my goofy, uh, nerdy, awkward self and not have people think, oh, you know, aren't you, aren't you Cree? You're sexy. Well, no, I'm a lot of things. So I get to kind of compartmentalize that and, and be liberated in that for myself as well. I love how you how you broke that down. And I think it just goes back to kind of what we were just saying, right? Like having that duality, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, as a part, I think sometimes we can all struggle with this, right? Um, you know, with doing your craft and doing this and doing that. Like I definitely do my advocacy work. I do this work, I do that, you know? And sometimes people yes. can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. you know, and it, it does get frustrating at times. It's like, okay, like I'm trying to save the gays and I'm trying to party. Like, wh- why does it make a difference what I'm why doing? Like right now, yeah. right now I'm at this party or right now I'm trying, you know what I mean? Like I'm doing this advocacy work and I'm going to these shelters and, I, and I'm doing this work, right? So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from because people kind of um, intentionally place you in this box, right? Particularly... I mean, I've been a a woman all my life. I've been a a she all my life. So I can speak Mm -hmm. to my experience. So particularly as my, in my experience as a woman, a femme identifying woman, I, I feel a very specific set of pressures to conform and to exist within other people's imaginations of me. Like I'm either nurturing and sweet or I will cuss you the fuck out. You know, like I, like maybe I'm, I'm all of those things. Like the expectations for for my feminine identity and womanhood experience have just can be really rigid. Like maybe I'm maybe I'm nasty and super professional and responsible. Right. And it's like when you show that, it's like, wait, what are you? Or like what are you trying to do? Or so I definitely understand. I I definitely understand that so much. Yeah. All and I things. definitely struggle with it. Yeah, we I'm are like, all the things. Yeah, I'm like, you can catch these hands, you can catch mm-hmm. this hug, like you yes. catch these blessings. Like I will still fight someone. I'm not saying I wouldn't, right? But if we're cool, or if I love you, or like we're in a, you know what I mean? It wouldn't come out, right? But it's not to think that it couldn't happen either. <laughs> sure, and we're all we're all energy, right? Like all of these different energies are within us at all times. So maybe I'm responding to the energy. Maybe I'm projecting the energy, like. Who are you to say that I belong to this body in this like rigid, structured way? I am a, I am an amalgamation of energies. The fuck? Right. Yes. 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 And that's, I, I definitely get it. Like it's something I struggle with and it's something I continue to struggle with. And then, like I said now too, like with my personality and the work that I'm doing, it is kind of hard to find that balance um, for some of the topics that I will be talking about or the things that I do advocate for. Right. But it's like, yeah, I do, you know, I'm more than just an advocate, right? And I'm more than just a podcaster. Like, I'm still a whole person, so. You're still a whole person. Well, I, I, formally, person. I formally liberate you to exist beyond any binding, binary, societal norm 
heteronormativity, um, any societally imposed or self-imposed constraints, I formally invite you to exist in your most liberated, highest, colorful, glorious self. Ow, this is a, this is a good Friday night for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And I definitely um, love this conversation, you know, that we had because it's so nice when someone can relate to what you're saying and be like, oh yeah, me too. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, really? Okay, cool. Right? You know? <laughs> we are in this together. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's definitely refreshing. So this is the part where we go into the reading. So this is a disclaimer. This is an erotica reading. This reading is about sex. This reading is graphic and sexy, but graphic. If this is not for you, this would probably be the time to stop listening. If you are about this and you do want to hear more, then just keep listening. Um, so now we're going to go into one of your stories, readings, poetry, whatever you'd like to do. Okay. So when you're ready, let me know and I'll let you take the floor. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, my name is Cree, Cree Jones. You can find my work at creeisalesbian.com. Cree is spelled C-R-E-E. I'm on Instagram as Cree is a lesbian. Um, I write stories. I write stories that centralize the erotic experiences of Black lesbians. Uh, my object of affection is Black mask women, and I'm a Black femme lesbian. So I speak to those experiences. Um, and this story I'm about to read is the the last one that was formally released on, well, it's not the whole story, but it's a, it's a part of the story. I'm going to take you right to the sexy part, if it's okay. Can I get to the sexy part, Liz? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Um, this story is called Head to Head 2. There's a one. This is the two. Um, and I guess to preface it a little bit, I, it's a story about me and a woman named Brooklyn. Um, we were, it kind of chronicles our introduction and long distance relationship for a period of time. And the first time we reunited after what was supposed to be a one night stand or like a weekend fling, but we, we ended up being long distance and reunited. So this is, this is Brooklyn and I, uh, about to get to it head to head. I want it all, I said, standing face to face, pulling gently at her boxers. Leaning further back against the wall, she locked her fingers behind her head. Without a sound, she challenged me to take charge. Delighted, I lowered my mouth to pull at her waistband and let it snap back against her skin. I pulled her baby blue boxers down from below and tapped each knee, requesting permission for her to widen her stance. Her skin smelled like cologne. I couldn't tell which kind. Her legs were slightly stubbled. 
I placed my palms inside against the inside of her soft thighs and pushed them open, wider still. I could smell her pussy and cologne together. Anxious and breathless, I asked, is this okay? Eyes closed, she gulped and nodded, yes. I stood up, raised my mouth to her ear. Before speaking, I drugged the warm inside of my bottom lip along the tip of her earlobe and then whispered, what would you like me to lick? Your pussy, your clit, your dick, your strap? Tell me what to put in my mouth. She leaned her head into mine and gasped. Put my strap in your mouth. I already knew. I put her earlobe between my teeth and bit down just a little, testing my authority. I drug my hands down her sides and clawed tightly at her hips as I slid down the length of her body and onto my knees. I ran my fingers over her manicured pussy and teased at parting them with my thumb while kissing the inside of her thigh. She opened her legs further to invite me in. Her bulging clit laid across the bridge of my nose as I swayed my tongue, dividing her pussy like a padlock to the promised land. Lovingly, I licked up and into her, slowly layering her tart filling into my salivating mouth. I entered, I entered her and curled my tongue like limbs open wide and pulsing for the sky in an African dance. Halting for a deep breath in and a chance to switch the beat, I noticed Brooklyn's pussy smeared in my red lipstick and imagined it covering my face. I didn't care. Drenched in fantasy, I endeavored. Your dick is so hard. And looked up to gauge her reaction. A small approving gasp filled the mouth she left open, so I continued. I love the way your hard dick fills my mouth. It's so big and so thick. Your cum is so sweet. I can't wait to taste your nut, I said, dragging a fingertip from the opening of her pussy to the tip of her clit. Making eye contact, I placed the finger in my mouth and licked it clean. I'm going to suck your dick until you burst. I began to lick from the root of her clit up to the tip with exaggerated head movement, like it is as lengthy as our imaginations, smacking and slurping on the way up, moaning on the way down. I wrapped my lips around her clit entirely and sucked loudly. Sensation and the soundtrack of slurping, gagging, and the bass set the stage. Your dick is so hard, I want to savor you. I croon before pushing my lips as close as possible into the space around her clit and pressing it between my tongue and the roof of my mouth. My tongue undulated to the rhythm of the music playing in the background and gripped her clit between the ridged roof of my mouth and the textured center of my tongue. Her clit thumped and I pulled back with a jerk of my head, extra pressure in my tongue and feigned choking. All but Brooklyn's knees stiffened. Her arms dropped beside her and her fingers splayed wide against the wall. I knew her breathing quickened by the rise and fall of her sculpted belly.
I reached up to steady her and pressed my palm flat against her lower abdomen, matching my pressure with my mouth. I slid my flat, wide tongue down the length of her pussy to make the tip of her clit reach as far down my throat as it will go, and with an open mouth, licked up and down, up and down, up and down, choking again, this time twice as loudly. Brooklyn matched my intensity and growled. Her voice dropped an octave lower and entered my body from below. Her weighty tone twisted inside me, knocking against my pussy until I held it tight. My pussy thumped in time with the pulsating clip between my lips. I paused to confirm. I can feel your dick getting harder and longer. I can't wait for you to come in my mouth. I'm so greedy. I want your cum to drip down my tongue and spill down my throat. I moaned alluringly and returned to the show. Brooklyn was on the verge of over overflowing. Abruptly, I stopped to adjust my position and watch her writhe and whimper. I scanned her body from the bottom. Her feet were firmly planted and spread wide, her knees slightly bent and bracing her as she impatiently slid back up and down the wall. Her ass, with a shallow, needy stroking motion, curled in and out. Her hands reached for me, pulling me softly toward her, begging for me to return. Her shoulders braced her body against the wall. Her eyes were definitively fixed on my mouth. Her hair, disheveled in combat, she bit her lip and fixed her voice to beg. Oh, Cree, suck my dick, please. With my hands wrapped around either leg, I drug my fingertips along the back of her knees and teasingly asked, do you want me to stop? Fuck no. Then please say, then say, please don't stop, Cree. Please don't stop, Cree, she gasped. Pinching her clit between my thumb and fingers, I pulled upward and stroked, simulating a proper hand job. Can you feel me stroking you? I feel you swelling up and throbbing. Let me make you drip, I said before allowing a dewdrop to gather in my mouth and spitting exactly onto her plump clit while stretching her between my fingertips. Desperate to be saturated, I dove my face back into her and sucked mercilessly. My breath heaved and strained as though I was underwater, struggling for air. The wetter her pussy got, the more my mouth salivated and the louder I slurped. Her hands finally dropped and settled on my shoulders. Her nails dug into my neck and her stomach muscles tightened. I ordered, grab my head and fuck my face, Brooklyn, before sucking her clit like milkshakes through a straw. Her palms compressed my cheeks and her fingers intertwined behind my head, guiding my face closer between her legs, dictating my pace while I sucked and pulled her clit, begging, come in my mouth, just as she shuddered and buckled her knees. Nothing makes me feel more powerful than making a woman orgasm. How's that? Oh, well, I'm definitely gonna have to take a shower after this. So <laughs> did a pretty good job. You did pretty good, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I, 
I actually, there's one of my stories is called The Kissing Booth. Mm -hmm. In it, there, uh, I'm at a party and with all of these straight women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got questions. So I, what I do is I'm like, okay, I understand that you have questions. I know some women who can provide you with answers. I know the oh, people to call. I hear that. So for all the women who wanted to come, there are three rooms. They come over kind of not knowing what to expect. There are three rooms. In the first room, they can experience head. In the second room, they can experience fingers. In the third room, they experience being strapped. In these three rooms, when I, when I released the story, I didn't say anything about the characters in the rooms, about the women doing, you know, the eating, fingering, and strapping. But their names, the woman doing the strapping, her name is Max. She appears in the stories. The woman doing the fingering, her name is Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn's story. The woman doing the eating has not appeared in her own story yet. So I am releasing stories, explaining who all of these women are and how we are connected. And then we'll be justifying why they agreed to kind of be in this like exhibition of lesbian prowess um, and pleasure. And then we will have a sequel for a kissing booth that wraps up that experience in the most sexy way. Wow. Okay. So we have even more to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I love it. All right. Well, I don't have anything else for you or any other questions for you, but before you go, of course, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for sharing your work with the world. And I want to thank you for highlighting Black lesbians. All these things make me smile. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. This is so much fun, really. I'm so glad that um, you were able to come on. And who knows, maybe we can do a part two. Yes, please. <laughs> and plus, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if I should just be giving this one out. This should just be on my Patreon, but I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm be nice. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let the people hear. See, I'm gonna be nice. See, people can't say I don't give them more. I'm gonna be nice. So I won't give on. Yes, I'll be mm. nice. Mm. I'll give it out. Um, but yes, before you go, is there anything you want to tell us and how we can support you? Uh, where to find you, or like, what's next? Well, like I said, I'm in uh, I'm in my writing bubble at the moment, trying mm -hmm. to finish the collection. Um, I will be releasing a book, um, fingers crossed, God willing, in, in this year in 2020. So I'm working on the completion of that project. If and and also like a revamp of um, of my Instagram page and website and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to follow along with what I'm doing, I generally am really good at Instagram. When I'm when I'm good at Instagram and not you know not in my writing bubble, my Instagram is probably the best place. I do also have Facebook, uh, Twitter, 
Cash App. Everything is Cree, C-R-E-E, is a lesbian on all platforms. I'm working and, and putting my heart and soul into this project. So if anyone listening wants to send me love by way of Cash App, don't hold back. Cree is a lesbian. Do not hold back. Cash App is a excellent form of support. So if you can, if you're able to, please support my girl Cree. Thank you so much for coming on. And I will talk to you next time. Mm, thank you, Liz. Thank you. Blessings. Thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. If you want to be on The People's Lesbian and you want to do a part for the artists and creators series that I'm doing, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Clubhouse at Lizzie Lesbiana. I'm also on Twitter at The People's Lesbian. And don't forget to check out my Patreon, which is also The People's Lesbian. I also want to give a huge shout out to my first two patrons, and that is Aaliyah and Kalia. So thank you so much for supporting me, and I will speak to you all soon. Bye.